striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Welcome to another summer edition of The Chaser Report. Charles Firth and I, Dom Knight, are talking to Chaser colleagues about the old TV show that we used to make, some of the war stories, as we're calling them, from behind the scenes of shows like CNNN and The Chasers War and everything in the election specials. Chris Taylor is at the microphone today once again. Hello, Chris. Hello, how are you guys? All right. That was the most tepid response. <laughs> I had to think what about it. Hell? I had to think about well, it. I was just making small talk. By I didn't no. care how you are. I was literally <laughs> oh, just okay. dumped through to me. What am I meant to say? Like, I just had no, to. I just, just pondered like, and I thought, well, no, we're not. Igno- the great thing about this this series is we're looking back at the yes. past when there was no COVID and no Omicron and no ICU rates yeah. soaring. So let's We're not, we're not doing talking that. about how am I. I'm terrible, no, but that's, that's not, not about what this podcast let's is talk about. about what I used to I, be. I didn't actually have any interest in your health. I was <laughs> yeah. just making a pleasantry. You just right. meant yeah. to say, "Oh, I'm all right." Now we're <laughs> talking today about like. <laughs> well, I did eventually. Why? Yeah, <laughs> we're broken men. Now I feel we're like I'm interested men, in your health because <laughs> by your response, I'm wondering if something's seriously wrong. Yes, and you've got four hours to live. Yes, <laughs> probably. <laughs> 
didn't actually go out live on Sunrise. Mm. Um, it was it was filmed with the cooperation of the show. They didn't know what I was going to say, so it's it's sort of an improvised moment. But they knew they it was off air. Um, and they played along quite well. But it was presented as live, I guess. I understand why people are disappointed when they learn that didn't really happen. Because uh, for them, the excitement mm. of that clip is the, the audaciousness. Because mm. I swear on Channel 7, I, you know, I, I seem to have tricked commercial TV into being a guinea pig in my piece. But for me, none of that was really integral to the laugh. It was just a comedy idea. It was based on that notion about public proposals, you know, mm. where people <laughs> yes. often, you know, at baseball games propose to their wife or the people hang up banners on highways. And I, it was an opposite sketch where you, I, I did all of those things, but I did it for di- wanting to <laughs> ask for a divorce <laughs> instead of a marriage. So for me, that was just, that worked as a comedic idea. It didn't matter if it was real or not. Mm. And I still believe that. I still think if, if you had the knowledge that it was all just like traditional sketch show, but shot using, you know, famous people like Koshi and Mel, I think you'd still get a laugh. But the problem with, by that stage, the chaser, because most of what we did was real, it Mm. became very ambiguous about what stunts were real and what were kind of manipulated a bit. And, And I guess, as Dom said, this did become a source of... Some tension in the group because there were those of us that just thought if, if it's comedically strong, it doesn't matter. We're, we're just making a comedy show. Um, and the same way that every sketch show before us has, you know, manipulated actors and stuff mm. to make their scripts f- sing, uh, we were doing the same. But because there was the ambiguity that, you know, 50% of what we did was genuine interactions with real people, then it got grey about. Mm. What were the ones that sort of sat in between? We had and, a word and did for it, them, And did it dilute? It, it, I mean, isn't the point that it sort of dilutes the impact of the real ones? Yeah. If you've got these fake ones mixed in, where and suddenly it sort of feels like, oh, is it all staged? Is I, it all? I, I think that was the thing. Like, I remember Chaz being, you know, yeah. Chaz being Chaz. Yes. Um, as regular listeners to this podcast will know, he <laughs> had a lot of views about this and, <laughs> and a lot of theories and, and sort of understood where I was coming from, but also was probably very careful about protecting the show's integrity. Yes. Because, yeah. For, integrity. Yeah, because <laughs> if, if, you know, if a word sort of gets out that something like the sunrise thing is fake, then maybe is mm. APEC faked? Yeah, or is, yeah. And, and the answer to that is no. Um, we draw an internal line that one is a soft comedy sketch about, you know, mm. a, a play on public proposals. The other is a genuine gotcha about an over-the-top security operation in Sydney. Because mm. my thing was always there's a playfulness in the uncertainty anyway. Like playing with whether things are uh, sort of true or not is part of a satirist toolbox, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, but and it's also there is no such thing as real with the chaser because when you go out on a stunt, the thing that the that the viewer sees is you very bravely walking up to someone by yourself. They don't see the producers, the multiple cameras, yes. mm. the sound yeah. eye, the like safety it's officer. Not, <laughs> it's much less brave than it looks yeah. at every point in the entire series. So. Totally. I don't know. I don't know what real even means in the context of this, but it's certainly true that um, I, at the time, I think I was like, oh, I don't really want us to overuse that. But my view was if you think about it, you have to realise it couldn't possibly be real. Yeah, and, and that, I guess, like brings that. us to the stocking head one, which, mm. I mean, there's no way on earth any lawyer, but especially a cautious ABC lawyer, would let you go out dressed as a robber mm. and enter shops. I mean, that's just a public... 
<laughs> public <laughs> terrorism, basically. Like, it's, um, it's a crime. It's, it's a crime. crime. To, it probably is a crime to it's, impersonate a robber. A crime, Even if you're not robbing, you're still tearing the beje- terrorizing the bejesus out of someone. But it's also incredibly dangerous because like, <laughs> for, for both parties. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah if, if someone draws a gun on me, it's dangerous. Yeah. So, mm. so yeah, I think I, yeah. I maybe I, I naively thought everyone would again understand that this was more a. Uh, you know, a, a flight of fancy that are shot under controlled conditions. But shall we have? Shall we have a listen? Let's have a listen. Hey there, just the paper and uh, some cherry things. Give me a copy of mask. Oh no, it's okay. It's fine. It's just cold outside, and I. Don't think it's good. Mm, not really. Hi there. No, no, no. It's fine. No, it's fine. Hi there. Do you have the new, um, that Peking to Paris book? <laughs> Excuse me. No, I just want to book a holiday. No, it's fine. Can't I book a holiday here? Hi there. <laughs> um, No, 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 I just want to... Get out, sorry. No, no, I just want to... No, you are a robber. No, I just want to... No, no, I just want to get some noodles. Sorry, I just want some dumplings. No! Hi there, um, I noticed a DVD... What the hell is that? No, no, the DVD in the window. Uh, Is that the final price you can offer? No, don't panic, no. I just want to buy a DVD. Give me a second, I'll put up this. No, it's fine. No, 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 it's just what I wear. Oh, can you help me, please? I've got a gentleman here. Don't call the police. I'm just a, I'm a regular shopper. Get myself. Can you come straight away, please? Help me. Get, get out of here. The cops are coming. It's just a funny premise. What if, you, what, what if I wore a stocking over my head as a, as a fashion but, statement? But, but I reckon the reactions of some of those people were really funny. <laughs> like... Because you didn't actually tell them exactly what was going to happen, did you? No, I, I think in this case we, we more or less did and, and had to legally. Um, you, you always want as, as genuine a response mm. as you can get within the law and within you know safety rec- protocols. So what, what we it was sort of a shoot in two halves. Um, the first half we tried to minimise the information and maximise genuine responses so the crew would always go into the shop ahead of me like a, f- a fixer or a producer uh i think it was nathan earl mm. on this one who did a lot of our producing and was a it was a real gun a real asset on this show a real smooth talker for this he one. was and he'd just say look we're shooting a tv show um someone's going to come in uh won't tell you you know much more than that but just react as you would react mm. and that that got us somewhere, I think. So the first couple of bites in that piece are probably those ones. Then I think it became clear to us that comedically, um, the responses needed to be bigger. And, yes. and so, and, and and we did. We just literally coached the responses and just treated this as a sketch. Because it's very well performed. Like, you're <laughs> yeah. a robber. Like, they look really <laughs> fearful. Like You don't mm. want it to look too real because then people will just think we're assholes, that we've mm. gone around trying to scare people. I'm just trying – again, I'm trying to remember. No, no, but it, but it was the perfect balance between – like, they weren't petrified and sort of thing, but they were – they were treating it seriously. Like there, there, there was, a, there, they were a straight man. Yeah. Um, yes. In, yes, in the sketch. Yeah. yeah, and look, look, it is funny. And but, but again, like like the sunrise, it's like the sunrise one, 
you know, whenever and, and I'm always very comfortable telling people, um, you know, that we that we a lot of it was staged because I think ethically that's fine mm. to confess how you make your comedy, but also mm. I, I just think it looks so bad if you did that. Oh. For real, oh, yeah. that, with this that, one, that definitely. I'd rather be known as someone who slightly manipulates comedy than known as someone who goes around terrorizing <laughs> innocent <laughs> shopkeepers. So, but but the fans' response was so disappointing. Oh, always. oh what was it? Well, they always just thought, "Oh, I only like that piece because oh. I thought you were actually a cunt." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Chaser Report. News you know you can't trust. Didn't it also, I mean, this is not something I thought at the time, but doesn't it also fuck with the premise in hindsight that um, of The Chaser that we always do things for real? And so then we mess with, in, in our tradition of messing with everything, we mess with our own yeah. reputation. Yeah, look, well, it's very meta. <laughs> but there was a bit of that going on. And, and I remember, I think everyone laughed at me. I always tried to justify this piece editorially before before we get into the ethics of the shoot by sort of thinking it's a it's a piece about judgment based on appearance, like which does happen in society. If you know people with disabilities or people of different ethnicity, mm. people different responses get different looks get different responses. And I sort of it was about <laughs> stereotypes. And I thought that if you take mm. a, a ridiculous stereotype, like the stereotype of the robber, <laughs> but what if someone just looks like that? But wasn't a robber. It wasn't. Like, what a, what a, a terrible choice. way to live. Yeah, if that was a fashion <laughs> choice. But everywhere he went, he mm. got judged based on his appearance. That was sort of the, yeah. you know, there was something kind of like that going on in my head that I was keen to explore. I don't think that comes across necessarily in the piece. But that was the premise going in. Then it just became, unfortunately perhaps, or fortunately, depending on how sick your sense of humour is, a piece about mm. scaring the bejesus out of people. But it's... I, I guess because no, no one gets hurt, obviously, mm. because it was shot in controlled conditions. Like, I'm just wondering what people who thought that was real actually, what, what yes. they're finding amusing about that, <laughs> other than the assholery of it. <laughs> it is perverse when you think about yeah. it, isn't it? That um, you wouldn't. I know, surely you don't have to think for more than a few seconds if you actually ponder. If you think about the way that the show is made, you realise that we couldn't possibly have been allowed to do that for real. Yeah, I guess people didn't know because I think we've mentioned this in previous podcasts in this series that there was a, a pretty young audience. And mm, often, know, yeah. And, you know, kids are impressionable and they want to believe that, you know, the chaser were sort of adult avatars of their own disobedience and anti authority and all of that. Mm. There was a bit of that going on. It was a. Totally. We hate the word, but it was a cheeky sort of naughty show. And I think they thought, oh, and, and, and in a way, I don't know if, uh, how much you follow sort of what's happening in this space these days on YouTube, but people do go around mm. shooting this kind of stuff for real. Well, I, or maybe it's not for real and I'm getting hoodwinked. But mm. like people, you know, the, the currency of clicks and views is so high that you need mm. to do something outrageous to get views these days. Now, we didn't have that pressure back then. You know, as I said in another podcast, YouTube had either just begun or it wasn't a big 
platform for us. ABC was our audience. No, there was little, almost no YouTube for whatever reason. No, it was just starting. Well, and ABC had a policy of pulling down um, ABC shows because they, you know, back... And in fact, The Chaser was one of the first... They didn't want people to see them. The fact, we were the first show that begged the ABC to keep mm. ours up. Because yeah. people forget when, when Chasers were on everything began, it was like 10.30 on Friday nights. It, it, it wasn't primetime Wednesday. It was very off-Broadway. The only thing that made the show popular was some of these stunt clips started leaking on YouTube and we had to beg the ABC to keep them up there because we realised that's where the marketing was. That mm. was the best ad we could possibly have for the show. But otherwise, they wanted to take them all down. Anyway, that's a long tangent of way of saying... We didn't have the expectation or the, you know, the need to do shock uh, content. And I always get a bit upset, as I think all of us do, when you saw the show described as deliberately shocking and that we take mm. delight in outrage and all of that. It, we really genuinely did just want to make a comedy show with, and stuff it with as many jokes and laughs and different comedic sensibilities as possible. I don't think anyone ever really attended a writer's meeting saying... I want to cause an outrage this week. Yeah. No. I don't think any comedian and we've tried does. to avoid no. it because it's, it, it's, there's nothing good about outraging people. It, it, it just puts a handbrake on production. It's just it's yeah. a big and distraction I mean, to deal with. Mm. I can't help but remember, uh, Chris, with all this discussion about what's real and what isn't, that I, I think with the Make-A-Wish situation, with the big controversy that came in this series, mm. part of the problem with that was that they thought it was done for real, that they thought that our teams had gone into an actual children's ward <laughs> yes, no, and, I, I, and offered them a stick, whereas, in fact, of course, it was set up with, um, actors. with young actors. I only and learned this Of course we too. would never, and yet because people thought, oh, well, they always do things for real, they thought we'd bravely or horribly <laughs> wanted to do a children's ward and started you know, picking on kids. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't realise that at the time. I, I thought there were just genuine editorial concerns about you know the, the comedy of that piece, but... But yeah, uh, there was a show on the ABC recently called Reputation Rehab that did a something of a deep dive into outrage comedy and with a case study on that sketch. Mm. And they got a focus group of mm. people who hadn't seen it back in the day. They hadn't heard of The Chaser or anything. And yeah, they... For a start, well, they played they, the they, whole episode. They, they had played, to play the whole. And they played they the whole episode, and they asked the panel mm. to guess which sketch was the one that caused huge controversy and no one they went through guessed. six at least six others before yeah. they arrived at the yeah. make a wish one well, and there are the only six we other thought <laughs> we thought the oscar bait sketch was going to was if anything was going to destroy us it was one where andrew uh, gets all my left foot was one that was going to cause <laughs> yeah. trouble so we even we couldn't even if we'd wanted to outrage people we had no idea what the reaction was going to be <laughs> oh. and the audience 400 people watched that or something like that in, in the Studio and none of them came out saying, "Oh, I think that one was a bit spicy." No, and look, so th these things are hard to predict, and you know. Mm. But, but I think the point I was making was mm, also yeah. in that rep reputation rehab show. In addition to none of the focus group guessing what was the controversial sketch, once they were asked to address it, they all assumed they were real uh, patients, which does oh, make it really ob obviously makes it ickier. And yeah. but the minute you, they knew it was actors, they go, "Oh, well, that's just a black comedy sketch." Mm. Yeah. So I guess in hindsight, people thinking it was real or didn't worked um, for us, and sometimes it worked against us, Chris. I think so. And look, you know, as as anyone who works in comedy knows, that these things are incredibly subjective, and and one person's view is another person's exact opposite view and um, it's always 
well, it's always impossible to make a show that's universally <laughs> um, loved. But that, I think mm. the beauty of a show like The Chasers Bar and everything was it it did represent a pretty broad range of senses of humour because it because the team members had quite different senses of humour. We yeah, it was amazing how unified the show was given how different we were in our sensibilities. I think we're all you know we all come from reasonably similar backgrounds, but it was you know there were there were the diehard satirists and then there were those of us that preferred doing silly dress-ups and wearing fake moustaches and doing voices. And and I think, you know, people like Andrew and I, when asked to do stunts, looked for a way to bring our sketch, our love of sketch into stunt world rather than Absolutely. just slavishly sort of doing the the Craig or Julian chasing Johnny Howard type pieces. So it's, um, I, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting to talk about because it's, and I, I've sort of watched a lot of, so-called guerrilla comedy or real-world comedy recently, and there's some excellent... Well, I think, um, Nathan, for you, is, I think, the best show in this space. But even when I watch that, having made a show like The Chaser, I can spot little instances, not many in his case, but there are instances where you can see the hand of the producer um, just manipulate things a little to get a desired comic effect. And it's fine. I'm completely fine with it. It's no different to manipulating drama. Um, it's just, you know, it's, you do what you do to maximise your laugh. But with and a show we edit. That's the other thing. If you, if you watch the rushes of some of these stunts, um, you, you wouldn't find them funny at all, or at least very occasionally, because we made the show funny in the edit in many cases, didn't we? Oh, oh, completely. And, you know, half the cutaways in The Chaser are of people that aren't responding to the theme they look to be responding to. They, they are in the same location. They're not, they're not taken from an entirely different shoot, but they're sandwiched into an edit to create a more pleasing and funny sequence. And, um, and that's, that's the business of, you know, making TV. And it's, it, as we've sort of canvassed, we made a, a rod for our back by presenting a lot of the stuff for real because it was for real. But then it just, yeah, it, it just becomes a little bit greyer um, when it comes to those bits that, that were just pure comedy pieces rather than pure stunts. Well, Chris, next time we chat to you, we'll be with Craig Rucastle as well. We'll catch you then. See you then. Our gear is from Rode Microphones. We're part of the ACAST Creator Network. We've got a new one of these episodes every day during this January. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 